Florida was great. Um, it was hot, hotter than Kentucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It rained every day at about either like one o'clock or three o'clock. Yeah. For just like an hour or two. Well, the chemtrails will do that. The, that's true. The They're planes going overhead and uh, yes. l- dropping barium Wall, into the Wall cloud. Street is dropping all those chemicals and seeding it so that it rains. But that's why it's so lush and green around Florida. So lately has it's I mean, it's been it's nice. Pretty, yeah. It's like an oasis in a desert in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's Have very, you heard about the great rock band Oasis? You know, they did uh, <laughs> Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so um, Florida sounds awesome. Florida was great. My mom and uh, uh, my stepdad were in town this week, which was really fun. Um, and we got to uh, watch movies. We got to play music. And um, we got to go to the park. So it's nice that we can still do stuff, do, do yeah. activities at yeah. all. How about you, Bob? Uh, well, me, my main focus has been on the Steam Summer Sale. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like our listeners it, don't understand enough about how important that is. Bob, <laughs> do you want to go ahead and explain that? Well, this is one of the few times of the year where uh, computer gaming is uh, very, very affordable. I just feel like that's every year that's when I buy like the world's most, you know, important, like 10 to five year old games. Right. right. <laughs> we'll see. I've missed out on. See, absolutely. See, now, absolutely. I, I feel like Steam Summer Sale is the great unifier in a way. You know, if you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican, if you are uh, 80 years old, if you are 20 years old. It can be. And you walk up to your granny and she's on her computer and she says, oh, I wanted to play Dota 2 for years now and... <laughs> It's only $12 for the whole DLC pack. <laughs> wow, Grandma, I just downloaded that too. Oh, Junior. And they give each other a hug. It's like wow. a beautiful moment. Grandma wants to pay to win. Yeah. yeah. I yes. know. Yeah, she's not going for the free uh, <laughs> yeah. rotating of characters. She no, wants yeah, the treasure chest. They, 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 they hug and they sit down their computers yeah. and she pones them. Yeah, yeah. She plays a, uh, a glass cannon carry and does a very good job in center lane. So it's yeah. great. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, are you guys ready to start? Sounds good. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants podcast. podcast. What do we talk about on this podcast? We talk about. Mm. What was it? What was the Wait, first you one? said. Mm. Maybe you never mind me. Music. Music. Media. <laughs> And that mission of Jesus. That mission of Jesus. Love yeah, it. buddy. I mean, there is only one. <laughs> like, it's like be more <laughs> particular with it. You can't say a mission of Jesus. <laughs> there's there's the main one. Well, I guess he had several, but they all were revolving around the same. Conclusion. Yeah, Mizio Day. I would argue that the mission of Jesus is explained by the entirety of the story of the Bible, which I, we, we should get to on a different episode. Yeah. You're not wrong. Almost there. Like, You're not wrong at all. Almost like the mission of Jesus starts like way back, like early on in the Bible, like page one, even. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Getcha. That's right. Um. So yeah. Uh. As you guys have probably been listening in, uh, uh or whether <laughs> maybe we're talking to ourselves here, but um, hopefully you've been checking uh with us each week and kind of following along with the series we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so today we are continuing on, and I think I might have been a little bit deceptive because in our second episode on the Nephilim, I said we were doing demons third. Yeah. But we switched it up, and I think part of it is that we had bad, 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 like two episodes in a row. So we tried to go back and forth between the followers of God 
and the un- the the falling away of God. Well, th- there was also some other reasons for that, but we'll get to that here in a bit. Yeah. But one but, of the big things to realize with this series, and I, I know I've said it every single time, and I think it's important to reiterate each and every single episode, and just in case you're just jumping in the middle here, yeah. um, the thing to realize is the fact that we do not claim to be experts on this matter. We are conversation starters. Uh, we're taking a look at things um, from the scripture's perspective to the best of our knowledge, um, but that knowledge very easily could be lacking. So I want we would like to hear what you have to say on this topic as well. So please let us know where we get things wrong, where you agree where maybe you feel challenged by it as well. Um, but the thing that we realized most, most of all is that none of this, even if you disagree with us on these topics entirely, none of this changes the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, that he was God's only son, that he came and died for us absolutely, and, right. uh, and rose, from that, uh, rose from the grave. And if we could accomplish any goal, like a, just pick one small goal to have accomplished in this podcast, it would be that it leads you guys to go back and look at your Bible. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Dig so, deeper. <laughs> even if you're like, these guys are, what are they saying that God liked uh, cotton candy and ice cream? Like, this is so wrong. I better confirm this with my Bible. Yeah, yeah. Pull out that Bible. Boom. We have Prove done us. our job. I read, wrong. I read wrong. my Bible all day long and I didn't see anything about house plants or potted plants. So. Yeah, there you go. So <laughs> read Psalm 92 and you might get a good. All right. So we're going to worship, and uh, Zach and Bob, actually, I believe, are the ones who picked this song out based on the fact that we had actually done them before in a um, a uh, uh, bluegrass set. In our little bluegrass yeah. ensemble. So there. maybe we'll have yeah. to just pull out all of those songs someday. Probably. There's a whole book full of them that we oh, have. Yeah. So. But yeah, um, here we are with, uh, we're back again with the uh, bluegrass hymn, and we're going to be doing There is Power in the Blood. Here we go. Mm-hmm.
together today on this beautiful day, sunny day. God, so often we take you for granted in all the things you do and all the ways you're protecting us, all the ways that you're strengthening us and encouraging us. And um, I just thank you for that. Um, thank you for allowing us the opportunity again to study you, to read your word, to join with you in uh, spirit and in fellowship. And so we just uh, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bob. Nice your... work on the vocal. <laughs> that was your debut singing on the podcast. Oh, that my was. Goodness. It was that so was. fun, too. And you know what's great? It's hard getting down that low. I want to tell you guys something really great that you may not think is super fancy, but I do. Zach and I did not prepare that sustained singing part at the end. We just did it, and it was great. <laughs> we both kind of like. Precious yeah. blood of the land. We both felt a C chord coming on. And I looked right. over at you to see if you were yeah, going to do it. I did it. <laughs> I, I was like, do we're slow and we got to do that sustained C. All right. So pretty. It was very, very fun. Yeah. Um, yeah so uh, Bob, why don't you kind of take us through where we're at, sure. uh, where we are at so far and where we are headed in this episode. We've got a lot of spiritual beings under our belt and we have still to get through as well. We have. Well, we, we, we've talked about the, the courts and kind of these others beings that, that that's kind of mentioned we've talked about the nephilim we've talked about the angels um we, we, yep. we we've gone through and and talked quite a bit about um a lot of these more obscure areas of scripture and we've kind of you've true. done that to set, kind of set the foundation for what we have coming up here um in this episode in a lot of ways and, and, the, and the ones to follow and uh, and that is and uh, as, as i'm sure you guys see by the title of this episode and that is the demons <laughs> Um, which are um, and trying to figure out exactly what are demons specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, are they a separate entity? Are they these other creatures that uh, that that were already created that that were just defined purely by the rebellion? Or um, yeah, but what does that look like? And and how does that and how does that play out throughout the scriptures? So one of the first things I want to touch on before we even get into demons is that there are some. Uh, there are some things that I think that we can know pretty solidly for sure. Mm-hmm. And that is the first thing, which is what something we talked about maybe like five or six episodes now, or maybe even more ago. Sure. Uh, do you remember when we talked about uh, listeners and you two, <laughs> uh, when we talked about where people go when they die? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. one of the things I think that maybe even non-Christians or new Christians or maybe Christians who haven't really read read uh, yet in the scriptures heavily on the, the subject of demons, but uh, some pe- I think some people were under the assumption that like people that die that are, you know, mad or they have unfinished business, that kind of thing may or may not become sort of demonesque. It's people. kind of the same Ooh, interesting. Thought, same thought behind angels where people think right. Guardian angels know, guardian versus angel is somebody right. who passed on. And so yeah. I wanted to just uh, clear the air on that and say that based on the scriptures, we at least know that when you die, I don't think there's any connection at all. Yeah. So, that. you know, there's, there's debate on what specifically, you know, it looks like for, um, you know, and that's it, a pretty dark subject to talk about it like is. eternal no, it is. damnation for some, um, there's debate on like what specifically that is, but I don't think that there's any um, theory out there where um, right. people mm-hmm. become demons. Right. Uh, Absolutely. So then I the, think they're in, they're inhuman in right. some form or capacity. So then the second yeah. thing I think we should talk about, which 
again, we haven't made this like a concrete thing for say, but I would say that the fact that um, we have gone with sons of God, Nephilim, and then angels, we have at least discussed as a podcast where maybe these other beings are coming from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not um, they are something completely different than an angel. Right. Or if they are part of the same essence, which we will talk about. Same species, same different job description. Diff- yeah, yeah, exactly. Playing so, for a different team. So I think in that, this case that means something different. That's right. <laughs> and I think that for um for a lot of a uh, lot of people, if you are on the same like are on board with kind of where we're going in this discussion, uh you can acknowledge the fact that if angels are maybe like lesser forms of like the good sons of God, maybe that maybe the next logical step is to like discuss the fallen version of an angel or whatever. So mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of where I am in the starting of yeah, this. Sure. Um, now going forward, there's a lot of scripture. There's a lot of tons and tons and tons of stuff to get through. We're going to look at some, but word definitions. Yeah. But Zach, you, like you that. put, you put some Latin Greek and yeah. Hebrew stuff on here. So since you're the, uh, and Webster too, you are definitely of the, the three of us. You are definitely the, uh, scholar, uh, right now. <laughs> so where, where are we at with the language Definitely. of this? Yeah. So it's always important to kind of talk about terms and maybe where right. they come from. So, you know, we discovered that last episode, that angel or agalos just yeah. basically means messenger. Right. You know, so it doesn't have to necessarily be a spiritual being. Um, but we're talking about demon. Um, Webster defines it as an evil spirit, a source of, or agent of evil, harm, distress, or ruin. Um, so that's your baseline English definition. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody, I think, Colin, you would put Damon or whatever. Oh, yeah, just um, the weird spelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's just kind of the Latin word. Um, yeah. So it's based on the Greek uh, daimonas, yeah. which means an evil spirit or a heathen deity. Do you feel mm, like, yeah. based on what we've done so far, do you feel like Greeks try and like literalize some of the words uh, the Hebrews used? I think it it seems to me like that, with Nephilim they made yeah. it like giant, yeah, and stuff. It seems to me that Greek language is a bit closer to English than yeah, Hebrew, right? And what I when I took Hebrew, um, I was always confused because there were so many words that had multiple definitions yeah Mm, yeah and there's there's still some of that in greek but i think a little bit less or maybe it's closer to english so it's kind of easier to to remember to to, to see the connection there see the connections yeah so in so in contrast you have like the hebrew one there Mm -hmm. yeah shedim 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 yeah uh there's a debate about the meaning of the root word shed um Strong ha- like strong is like this uh, concordance, so it's basically like a Bible dictionary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Strong's definition of Shadim says probably means demon. So Yikes. even even the dictionary is like not completely sure how oh, to yeah. uh, how to translate that term. Um, and then there's this other term, uh, Seirim. Seirim. Now, Colin, where did where did you hear about that? Because I had seen it. I just saw the word Seirim in here and I hadn't heard it. So I looked it up and put some notes down about it. Well, I think that I remember looking up and it said like um, uh, 
you know, what is what is the Hebrew word? What is this word? What oh, is, so you just looked up Hebrew word for demon? Uh, yeah, yeah. And in some, and in some, it said shedim, and the others it said seirim. Yeah, I think that's a word. It's weird because that's another word that's like used for different things in the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I looked that up, I I kind of like went down this rabbit hole. <laughs> but <laughs> I think that seirim was supposed to mean the bad idol that like Hebrews might worship, yeah. and they. Like, because I remember reading about the goat demon thing. Yes, the goat. So that's the um, the word Seirim or Seir is um, means hairy or rough or goat. So it could refer to um, really hairy people, mm. a.k.a. like right. goat man. Sure. Um, or it could be like goat shaped demons or it could be. Um, the land of Seir, which is a place where um, a group of Edomites lived and they were hairy people. They were descended from Esau. (sighs) Oh, man. The hairy guy in the Bible who's the brother of Jacob. That's right. And he was described as hairy Mm -hmm. and he went off and he settled in this land and that land became known as like the hairy people land. So one thing we (laughs) know, (laughs) real quick, I got to say that I find this to be quite intriguing just because (laughs) of um, historical Christian art. Yes. It's so often you see the demonic creatures appear more like a goat man like figure. So and this makes a lot of sense as to why in a lot of ways. So there is a lot of texts uh, that discuss the Baphomet, which is yeah, yeah. a goat, a satanic goat uh, deity of some renown. And uh, I, hmm. I wonder if the connection is being made across. Uh, see, th- this is why the thing is we are, we are not going to go into a Satanism episode, but w- if we did, we might make the connection between this episode and that one. Uh, we're not gonna do that right now. Maybe, maybe not ever. But uh, the the idea of the that the word means hairy goat yeah. is interesting to me. It is interesting because that could mean that there are certain like very detailed looking demons that they worship mm-hmm. because we have already discussed how yeah. certain nations were influenced by these princes or the, uh, the sons of God. And if one of them was the vestige of a goat somehow, and you can, you you can think about that. Like maybe they used the like image of a goat to kind of like put that into the minds of people somehow, because Mm -hmm. you see, um, the, like, uh, the Hellenistic kind of Greek cultures had idols and they were around during the time of Jesus. And, um, they go to Caesarea Philippi, which is what we talked about in the sons of God episode. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, that's where there was a place that had the temple to pan. Well, pan is like a half goat, like God. That's like a God of like mischief. Right. You know? Mm hmm. Yeah. So, um, gotcha. So demonology is definitely a very, very, (laughs) very, very vast and thick and in-depth study of, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? A, um, subject matter uh Mm -hmm. there are there are full-on uh seminary degrees only about demonology uh so especially you know if you get into uh, the catholic world sure sure oh yeah but um we're not going to go necessarily that far what we want to do today is talk about what the scriptures say about demons and and maybe possibly what 
things like the book of Enoch or other texts like that might say, I may uh, bring us back to like, um, to the book of Enoch just to, just to get to where we've been so far because of that story in Genesis six. Yeah. That's um, a fun one. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, I guess moving forward here, but before we dig into scriptures, let's talk real quick. What are some of the more cultural ideas of what a demon is from, from our culture? What, there we go. From our starting points of, of where we are, where some of our listeners might be, what are some of the viewpoints from our cultural perspective? Okay. So uh, we, we did yeah. angels and we did movies. I'll just, yeah. I'll think of some movies. So for example, um, well, this, the exorcist. Definitely, yeah, there. definitely yeah. the so, exorcist. So, so we got some yeah. possession going on there, definitely. Um, and so there, there are other possession, exorcism yeah. type movies out Isn't there. Isn't there an Exorcist two? I feel like I've There's seen Exorcist one, two, and I think three. three. There's one where uh, they go to Africa and they meet uh, a demon called like Pazuzu. And it's like the Exorcist Two. Stephen McFerrin <laughs> would probably know. <laughs> I I I wonder. I know there are at least three of them. My mm-hmm. my uh, yeah. my uh, my movie group would uh, probably be able to tell <laughs> me more about that. Um, there's also like the Exorcism of Emily Rose. Uh, That's a. I actually really like that one. I like that one too, yeah. because at the end he gives the impassioned plea about how the world, the spiritual realm, yeah. is real. Right. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. also. Now, whether or not you believe in the validity of these two people is mm-hmm. up to you. But the Warrens and the movies based right, on them right. called The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2. Yeah. Um, now, I will tell you, I know for a fact that even the Warrens would say that The Conjuring 1 and 2 are very fantastical and not really uh, yeah. f- not really works of fiction. I'm sorry, not really works of nonfiction for yeah. them. They're, they're very uh, fictional versions of their, of their stories. But... They, the Warrens, I, I know for a fact that they believed in the the world of demons, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, so so here's here's where you so w- separate the truth from the fiction a little bit. Sure, is that a lot of times our culture bases a lot of what we believe off of movies, yeah, shows, oh yeah. sure, uh, 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 music, like the but, well, it, 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 it's kind, well, it's kind of mixture because in some regards our movies are based off of. Uh, off of beliefs and then beliefs are based off a of movie. So it's almost like a feedback loop you have going on. There you there. go. Yeah. There's a movie that I'm not a huge fan of. It's an a 24 movie and I'm not a big fan of a 24 horror movies, but um, uh, there's a movie that came out recently called hereditary. And, oh yeah. I've heard of that. And in that seen it, there but... is a demon called Paymon, who is this mm. kind of like demonic sort of deity they worship. And, um, to me, it was funny because I watched the movie and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I really wish I was in that house and I could just grab the dad and the mom and say, like, let's just like pray right now to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> There's also um, the the demon character in the movie The Golden Child with Eddie Murphy. Well, that's... Brother Noomsi. <laughs> that's... <laughs> Oh, I see that you're busy right now. <laughs> Come back some other time. Um, and the, uh, the, that definitely is like a good, if you've ever seen that movie, it's a good visual of like what people think of with demons, yeah. you know, like they're kind of like creepy looking. They've got wings they are almost like gargoyle. Like the one thing about mm-hmm. demons mm-hmm. Uh, that we know from uh, the golden child is that they don't pronounce the J sound very well. Uh, his name yeah. is Gerald. Gerald yeah. and he says Mr. Yarrow and he goes why do you insist on pronouncing my name Yarrow without the J it's Gerald yeah 
<laughs> so we know that about demons. They have they have some speech and, problems. Yeah, and apparently they exist even in in Buddhism, Tibet as well, like mm-hmm. Tibet. Yeah. And so, uh, so we have seen, of course, associated with the depictions of Satan, we've seen like the wings, the horns, the red yeah. skin. Oh yes. Uh, and then in more recent times, like I said, in more more recent, you'll see like goats or the the one movie I was going to tell you all about that I absolutely unequivocally loved this movie. Like it's, it's a very low budget movie from a series of films called hammer horror, but they were where uh, Christopher Lee got his start. They're like old 70s, 60s, 70s. Um, And one of this one is called the devil rides out. (laughs) And in one part um, they go to save this impressionable girl who is in a satanic cult and they summon what they say is the devil and it is a goat guy. It's like a guy with a goat head and he's like, you know, looking around. And, uh, and so in the end, I thought it was going to go very like, um, Lovecraftian and it's going to be like, they say some spell or whatever. And they kind of do, but have they, they make like a circle in the ground. But in the end, it turns out that God, the Judeo Christian God, not like, I mean, very Christianity based God saves them. Like they, he says, he, uh, the one character like kind of haphazardly says, thank God. And, and then Christopher Lee says, yes, it is him who we should be thanking for this. <laughs> and I was, and then it's like these choirs come in and you see like a cross show up. Like, it's like, Oh, and I was like, Whoa, crazy ending. It's like a literal day. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. So, so, um, uh, yeah, like there are like the ninth gate and a yeah. lot of those satanic, like literature versions of demons, which may or may not have their base of truth based in the scripture or in other books like the book of Enoch and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, which is why Dan Brown was so fixated on demons, I guess. Yeah. Um, But the contrasting of that is going to be quite substantial. So let's get into the Bible guys. Let's get into it. Um, I've been yapping and yapping and yapping. Why don't we just open up some scripture and start right there where the notes say, um, Matthew 12, uh, 43 through 45. I think this is a great passage to start with. There's actually yeah. a lot of meat in this single passage. I agree. That's I, I'm a huge Matthew fan, as you guys know. Uh, it's my favorite gospel. Uh, Bob, if you're there, um, feel free to, to go. I've got it here as well. It says, when an unpure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through a ride places. Arid. I, I thank you. Arid places, seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I'll return to the house I left. When it, when it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits, more wicked than the first, and they go down and, and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That is how it is with this wicked generation. So he's making a parallel between how a person can be possessed with a demon Mm-hmm. And then also how a nation can be possessed yeah. with an evil um, uh, uh, influence, I guess you could say. Uh, evil, uh, the spirit of the people, I guess, in a, in a, in a lot of ways. And that's mm-hmm. kind of our transition point out of the sons of God because we started learning a little bit about how possibly the sons of God may have influenced the nations themselves But another interesting point to make, which we'll read again, is about this idea of many being inside. Oh, yes. Many different demons may be possessing a person. So one of the first things we know just from this scripture is that there are multiple demons, not just one. 
and they might be able to multiply possess you at one time, which <laughs> okay. is which is a little bit weird and honestly quite frightening to think about in yeah. a lot of ways. I think it's interesting Jesus kind of talking about all this because you know it talks about um, the 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 impure spirit wants to come back to the house that it left. He says when it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean and put in order. So it's almost like he's kind of talking about, you know, I can exercise the demon out of a person, but then like, if there's nothing filling up that person afterwards, then it's like just leaving an empty house, you know, which is a great way to think about it, which is, which, and from our more, um, post resurrection Christian perspective, we would say that we need to be filled up with the Holy spirit as a result. Yeah. That, that, That that's what we need to fill that place with other, so that the demons don't come in reoccupy it so to speak and so even just a little bit earlier in this uh matthew 12 um and starting in verse 22 i'll read uh it, it talks about when the pharisees try and make jesus look like a uh, a beelzebub uh worker i guess yeah they say uh it says here in 22 then they brought him a demon possessed man who was blind and mute which we'll get into as well because aff- afflictions kind of go along with demon uh, people being demon possessed And Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. And the people were astonished and said, could this be the son of David? Come on, guys. The son of God. But when the Pharisees (laughs) heard this, they said, it is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, which we'll get into as well, that this fellow drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be in ruin and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Does that sound familiar? If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, why, uh, by whom do your people drive them out? So then they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Um, And so interestingly enough, we're going to, see many many times in the gospel that jesus effortlessly makes demons run like just as completely flee out of the body absolutely and then later in acts a lot of the disciples are 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 given that kind of authority as well um and uh even in the gospels and in some in some instances um the question becomes then what kind of a spiritual being has a nature Mm-hmm. where they aren't physical but they can control physical bodies but their Achilles heel is they can't stand to be told by the power of Jesus either himself or someone we- uh, uh, wielding this and they have to immediately flee the body it's a very very interesting because there's no other nature quite like it in anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a, Absolutely. A, a perfect kryptonite. It's like, you know, you know, and, and the, and the truth is that uh, there's a lot of Protestants out there that tends to, um, uh, stay away from this subject matter, this idea of, of fleeing, uh, you know, of exercising yeah. demons or anything like this. And, um, and so in many ways, the more charismatic movement has kind of taken over a lot of that role. Um, and yet, uh, I, I um, and so whether you agree or disagree with the charismatics, one right. thing that I do find uh, beneficial from them is their willingness to utilize the power of God that Christ himself has promised to us, this ability. 
and which we also see when he sends out the the, the 72 um, in groups of two. They come back and say, we were able to exercise demons during your name. I was like, how can this be? It, which is actually the first time we ever see someone other uh, other than Jesus in the entire Bible exercise demons. Yeah. And this is a this is a scary thought that I've had, Bob. But think about the entire world. Mm hmm. Where are uh, demon exorcisms happening? Like, where are people recognizing demon possession and casting out demons? Um, well, I, I, I guess you really only... Is it the first world? Or is it more in, like, the third world? Well, you do, see, world? You, you do yeah. see a lot of that more in the developing third world style yeah. countries. You do see a lot more of that charismatic ideas yeah. being, being willing to come out and... Right. And, and, and with it, whereas the first world, we tend to shy away from yeah. that subject matter entirely. Yeah. So we've got kind of a different tactic. Um, it's like a different style of spiritual warfare happening here. And I just think it's like it kind of concerns me. Like, sure. Are there are demons around yet? Um, we're not like calling them out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they do in the yeah. third world. So like that's yes. something that like, well, 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 that'll keep you up at night. <laughs> yeah that's for sure so yeah. um so uh one of the other ways that we can uh kind of nail down the fact that multiple demons can possess a person comes from um matthew 8 oh yes um and or or, or also mark and luke but in mm -hmm. matthew 8 uh verse i think starting in uh, 28, 28 it says oh is this the legion yeah yes. and yeah. we're gonna probably pop back over to this one because this one is a very very I believe that this gives us maybe the most a lot of information what yeah. demons are. To be honest, yeah. when we started in the first Pastor Matthew, I thought it was this one. Gotcha. Yes. But well, that, that other one is good too because no, it, it is describes good. the nature of possession in a way. Yes. And also the possession of a nation being swayed by by uh, rebellious right. uh, demons. So right. Yeah. But th th this is the meaty one I was thinking yeah. of at first. So when he arrived at the other side of the region of the Gadarenesk, am I saying that right? Two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? Question mark. With a capital G. They shouted, have you come to torture us before our appointed time? I'm going to continue reading, but I want to make a very clear understanding of what they mean, yeah. what they're referencing. <laughs> so it, we have already read from, uh, from uh, uh, angels, uh, from sons of God, uh, from other stuff in the scriptures about the fact that Jesus has the power to 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 uh, uh, expel demons, right? Yes, but not yes, just, but yeah. not just that. There is a reserved holding place for demons that we'll learn about too in the scriptures, and this is this is a reference to Jesus being able to say, "Fine, you're no longer in the world anymore." And he's going to like throw them to a torture place until the day of judgment. And they're saying, have you come to torture us before our appointed time? What, as we read longer, you're going to find out that they want to like stick around and keep messing around with people. And for some reason, which has always confused me, why does Jesus like let them go? Like, I just don't get it. So anyway, like people see the pigs thing as a punishment. I see it as almost like getting them like off kind of easy. It, yeah, it kind of is in a way. Yeah, so, we'll, so we'll get that here in a second. So yeah, going go on to verse 30. Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into a into the herd of Isn't pigs. Isn't it funny how they don't like being, like, not in a body? It's yeah. kind of what that's presenting. 
That's the nature of them. And And so, you you know, read what we read before in light of this, like that really makes sense. So then it says in verse 32, he said to them, go. So they came out and went into the pigs and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off, went into the town and reported all of this, including what had happened to the demon possessed men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. Now, it says pleaded with, but I, I've read other versions of this where they were actually angered that yeah. he did this and they wanted him to leave because they were mad at him. Now, something interesting about the nature of demons, like Zach said, they want to be in a body, mm-hmm. which is going to be interesting when we do Satan next time, because I, for whatever reason, and I'm still not concrete on this, they have an incessant need to disrupt and like deceive yeah. Yeah. And bring down and make uh, infirm people, like, you know, God-fearing people and regular people, like non-God-fearing people. Um, And so one of the things that was interesting was that they acknowledge Jesus. They know who he is immediately, Mm -hmm. which is another point we're going to make in James in just a second. But um, they already know who Jesus is when he approaches them. So that is is also a testament to Jesus, the validity of Jesus. But... Um, one of the main things that they do is they say, please don't like torture us before our appointed time. And they, so they acknowledge that Jesus has the power to a torture them, B punish them now instead of later, if he wants to, or whatever. Um, and they have an appointed time where they will be ultimately punished. So they like yeah. know all of that already. Absolutely. That, that, and that yeah. knowledge is important that the fact that they're yeah, very they, knowledgeable. They, yeah, yes, <laughs> they, they, there is no surprise yeah. coming up with them. Right. And so then uh, I'm just going to understand their fate. So I'm going to pop over to James real quick and just read a quick thing from James two, verse uh, 19 and 20. Oh yes. Uh, And it says here, show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God good with an exclamation point. (laughs) Even the demons believe that and shudder. Right. So they, they know firsthand being right. from the spiritual realm. See, and being from God, I believe. I mean, I, yeah. I think that they, they came straight out of God's not womb, but you know, yeah. came from him directly. See, see, this verse always, I always found so challenging because in many ways it, on the surface, it looks like it might contradict what Paul teaches in Romans, you know, in Ephesians, you know, with this idea that, you know, faith without works, faith without works, right? Well, Paul, James is saying you've got to have works if you're going to have yeah, faith, yeah. that there is a balancing act between the two. It's like it's like the demons, they have faith. They believe, okay? Yeah. And they shudder. So we know that demons are not on God's side. You know, that's that's very, very clear. But they know who God is. But they know who God is. Yeah, the point is, The point is simply yeah. knowing who God is yeah. is not good enough. Yeah. You've it's, Your faith has to go deeper than that. Yeah. So you guys actually have, this is a good thing that leads into our next scripture. The recognition of Jesus. Yeah. Zach, do you want to kind of take that? Yeah. So I, um, a few years ago, I studied Mark a little bit and Mark has this whole thing about. Oh, the fake one? The one that has stuff you're not supposed to read at the end? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It has like four verses <laughs> like added to it. I know. I'm teasing you. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's a crazy thing, but Mark um, has this entire theme that runs throughout the whole book about um, right. the it's called the messianic secret so it's basically that demons know who jesus is angels know who jesus that's is, right but people don't know or are not able to recognize or they don't fully comprehend 
mm-hmm. that Jesus is the son of God. I think that, I think it kind of goes back to what Jason, yeah. my friend Jason was saying is that uh, they, when they say the word son of God, they may be referring to anyone that was directly from God and not a byproduct of birth of, sure. of humans. Sure. But yes, yeah. go ahead, Zach. Sorry. But the, the demons know, they, they know Jesus know. identity. They, they are clued into the secret that people don't know yet. And the crazy thing is, is that Jesus doesn't let them tell people. So in Mark one, he's ends up talking to a demon in uh, Capernaum and uh, Mark one, verse 24, the demon says, what do you want with us? Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. The Holy one of God. Be quiet. Jesus said sternly, come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. And so there's like multiple times in Mark where these demons start trying to say who Jesus is and Jesus shuts them up. Yeah. Cause see, he's like keeping the secret. Right. And so that really, uh, that confused me for a while. Cause I was like, wouldn't Jesus want people to know who he is? Well, think everything about, in its right time and season, everything is in its right time. And think about who, like the source of information who tells you something. Yeah. Like, is it a legitimate source? And so I well, think like also, would you, would you as a person believe a demon possessed person? They said, this is the son of God. You might think they're lying to you because it's a yeah. demon possessed person. If you acknowledge that, then it's almost like he's, he's not giving the information. It's like a, from a, uh, ir- a irreparable really source. I think, That's I a think if point. the, I think if the information of Jesus identity gets out before the cross, right before the resurrection, before it's like clear what, he's doing i think it's easy for the demons to have like a smear campaign oh of course you know and so jesus is not going to allow that so i just think that that's super super interesting and mark 1 32 that evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons and the whole city was gathered together at the door and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him I mean, so let's, let's just go ahead and nail this down because I feel like the scripture is pretty definitive on this. Demons acknowledge the authority, the power and the identity of Christ. Yeah. Which is interesting because like you said, the people like the Pharisees have had doubts and doubts and doubts and doubts and doubts, or maybe they don't have doubts, but they just want to like tear them down. But the demons already know because they themselves have come from God like Jesus. And so it's like, uh, what is it? It's like working in the same office. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I know Fred. He's a, uh, he's, yeah, well, he's a good well, dude. Well, it's, it's slightly except, except, or it's G- like having, G- Jesus will yeah. be more like the equivalent, like one of the managers in the office by which you were hired to be in, who is also the owner. Yeah. But you don't know it. <laughs> and the yeah. son of the owner. somehow. Yeah. You know, but they're, they are on the other side. So I almost think of it more as like having Intel, Right on the enemy, of course. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's God, God does not try to hide it from the demons. You know they sure. they know that their time is short. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, one of the things we can touch on and come back to, but Zach, you mentioned it in Mark uh, thirty two, um, is this idea that there are sick people yes. and demon possessed people. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so they make a distinction in that scripture in verse thirty two uh, and verse thirty three about how there is a distinction between sick. And demon possessed. I think that's a really important distinction to make. It is because a lot of the scriptures that talk about demons sound like infirmity. 
sound like yeah. sickness or sound like from birth illness and things like uh uh, 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 blood. The, what the what the the girl that grabs his cloak and has the um yeah blood the, the, affliction. The, the, there's a problem with mm-hmm. blood. Uh, there's the guy named Beautiful at the gate who is blind and so in further on in Mark it just says here it says like uh in Mark starting in verse forty it says a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees if you are willing can you make me clean yeah important uh word there well this is the niv it might say something different filled with compassion jesus reached out his hand and touched the man i am willing said he said be clean immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured now what's interesting is it he jesus never has a discussion with the demon here right but there are similar situations just like that Mm -hmm. where he acknowledges that there's a demon right a demon of blindness a demon of muteness or whatever yes somebody been afflicting them for a long time and then the cleanliness was was very important from a temple perspective and so you could not even enter the temple courts if uh uh, if if you if you were unclean and so so yeah so 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 this was very important just to be a um quote unquote good jew you know in order to be part of the temple in order to be in order, in order to be able to give a sacrifice to God. That's right. We got a lot of scripture to get through. I guess we're not going to yeah. probably get through all of them because we're actually we're kind of pushing time, aren't we, Bobby? Just a little bit, but that's okay. It's no big deal. This is this is the meaty section because of how many times the scripture talks about demons. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um. So one of the aspects we've already talked about is that they are knowledgeable. We can confirm that. Absolutely. Uh. They 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 know about Jesus. They can possess people. Mm-hmm. And especially they can possess people with multiple demons not just one um and so that is something we we see time and again in the scripture but the next question you got to ask is um kind of their i want to say why is it that it has to be in the name of jesus uh which i think is very interesting because like it says here uh possession can can demons possess christians yeah. That's like a, been like a big. That's el- an interesting debate, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. See, like because one argument is that the Holy Spirit protects you sure. from demon possession. That that, that whole yeah. idea of being filled up that that space with with the Holy Spirit, and that yeah. the Trinity, the the mm-hmm. the third portion of the Trinity, is an is an aspect of Jesus and God in you. And so, yeah. how would a demon be? Yeah, able to I get think in? I think that. Uh, that Mark passage where the demon looks for the unoccupied house right. kind of speaks to that. And you can kind of make that conclusion. But then again, I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. But once again, a lot of that's yeah. still in inference, still an assumption. Yeah. Um, that without, without any very clear direction in that regards. Yeah. So um, a distinction about the power of demons some being more powerful than others, which might lead us back to the idea of the the levels of angels and demons. Sure. Comes in Mark chapter 9, verse, starting in verse 25. And I'll read it here from our notes. And it says, When Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit. So, the person was mute and deaf. The, the person was. Sure. Uh, but the spirit was causing it. I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, so the demon makes the man convulse, it came out, um, the boy, excuse me, and the boy was like a corpse, so so that most of them said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, 
Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. So interestingly enough, there are certain demons that are so powerful mm-hmm. that Jesus has to do certain things to like drive them out. Or we have to do certain things to drive them out, which gets gets a little more crazy as we go. Well, but, it says it's, sure. it's only by prayer. So I think of that more as like only God can do it. And right. We have to we have to plead with God to do something about it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. so and so it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those weird things where um we kind of question the idea that because because a lot of churches and and I'm not saying they're wrong but a lot of churches today pride themselves on uh, exorcism. There are, there right. are a lot of charismatic, especially yeah. um, in other countries besides America, but there are sure. plenty of churches in America that do this. Um, this idea that like somebody in the crowd will be possessed and then the pastor yeah, will do yeah. some fancy, well, fancy you can't, stuff. You can't make like a business model kind of thing out of it. You can, it's you just, know? you shouldn't. I think, yeah. <laughs> I, I think just don't, I just don't think it works that no. way. Like, you can't be like demon busters. Who are you going to call? <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I did happen to see this happen. One, I, I, I saw this happen one time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, when I was uh, early teens. And so they encouraged anyone who was not, um, who was not stronger in their faith. It was, it was, it was like a, like a Sunday night, Wednesday night type of setting. And, uh, and, and guy came in and he was convulsing and, definitely seemed something was not right with him and uh and they began praying for him and the convulsions got much much worse and the, by that time they kind of told the crowd that uh anyone who was who was uh strong in their faith and strong in prayer to come forward and anyone who is not or any young children or things like that we're going to ask you to kindly leave now and sure. they that's interesting and they prayed and and exercised. I was one of those of course being a young teen I left and so right. but it was it, it was it was one of the only times I've ever come across that type of situation, but uh, it seemed it seemed legit at the time. In hindsight, you know, I'm now you know 20 plus years removed from that. I don't know. I, I don't know. My me- memories are crazy things, but it, it, but my memory says that 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 was a very legit situation. Um, I here here here's three statements I can make that I think are all true of me. I should never doubt what God can do. Absolutely. I should never think I am above what the enemy can do. An important and, one. And I, and I should never uh, believe that human beings are without faults. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so in terms of uh, people that may make a business model out of reoccurring exorcism stuff for the fantastical enjoyment and stuff like that, that I think exists, but I also believe that that world does exist and that demons can possess and that God can rebuke them. So absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not dis dis, uh, you know, I'm not saying it can or can't happen. I'm just saying that I think both things exist in the world and it's hard to decide which is which. And I think it's, it's interesting because it's, it's all very cultural. Yeah. You know, it looks different in a different culture. Like, it seems like in the West, especially, like, you know, middle class and above, right. we don't really get into the demon possession thing. Mm-hmm. And I th- 
think that we are still oppressed by spiritual oh, yeah. forces. Oh yeah. But I think that they stand to benefit from people discounting them. And so sure. like a flagrant kind of possession, I think happening in more of the first world, I right. think would kind of clue us into what they're doing <laughs> more. Yeah. So. so maybe they don't overplay their hand, but maybe they kind of mess with people in other ways. I mean, that's, I mean, that's really true. Um, so one of the ways I wanted to jump back to the idea Mm -hmm. that Jesus or God can punish demons, maybe before the appointed time where they get cast into hell Mm -hmm. is in second Peter, uh, two, four through 10. Does anybody have Uh, that they can read or yeah. Yeah. I got that one. Okay. For if God did not spare the angels when, when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of deepest darkness to be kept until judgment. And if he did not spare the ancient world, even though he saved Noah, a herald of righteousness with seven others, when he brought the uh, when when he brought a flood on the world of the ungodly. We're getting back to the first and second yes. episode. So so and then he goes on with doing several other ifs, ifs, ifs. If none of this is is true, then given all that given all that above is in, is in fact true, the Lord knows how to secure the yeah. godly from trial and to keep unrighteous from uh, and to keep the unrighteous under judgment until the day of judgment, especially those who indulge their flesh and deprave lust and who's and who despise authority. And so, one of the things that's interesting about that idea is that if Jesus came across a demon, I think that he had the power to just be like. All right, you're done. Like, yeah, get, yeah. and then they'd be like, no, and then they're like, not on the earth anymore. Because Potentially, yeah, because he's not just a divine council person. He right. himself, his identity is God. Right. I think that's interesting. Second um, Peter two is just such a crazy. It is. It, it is a wild chapter because it it references that whole Genesis six thing that we've been talking about this whole time, where the angels. Um, sons of God, as they're called in, in Genesis, but they're referred to here as angels, which is interesting. Right. Well, they we've come, made that connection. Yeah. They come down and mm-hmm. uh, God, that this says that they sinned. Yep. So it's interesting. <laughs> they, <laughs> like, they did. Like, <laughs> yes. You know? well, yes. When the angels <laughs> sin, they're in verse four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So um, what's, what's interesting is I believe that that scripture we read earlier from Matthew, uh, 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 28 through 34, Matthew, Matthew eight, Matthew eight. Is it Matthew eight? Yeah, okay. Uh, versus, uh, 28 through 34. I believe that that's what they are referencing, that he has the power to do that because yeah. they're like, if you come to torture us before our time, right. please don't yeah. send us into some pigs instead. And Jesus is like, okay, they're just, trying I'll just to get like, you later. Yeah. <laughs> they know they're going to lose. They're trying to keep the clock running. Yeah. And yeah. so one of the things that was interesting in this study that I did once at, um, uh, for, uh, um, Berea Baptist Church, uh, we talked about this scripture, that particular one where we cast them to the pigs, and somebody raised this point. They said, what was to stop the demons from, after the pigs died, going back and doing some more damage to the people? And then people started thinking, like, wait, maybe that's why they asked Jesus to leave, because, like, the demons, like, went into townspeople yeah. or something. Yeah. And I was like, well, We I'm often not- kind of overlook that idea ending to the the story there because i think that see this is the thing the way that it was told to me i inferred from that that jesus makes the pigs go and kill themselves 
which I don't think that's sure. true. I think that what happened was that the demons went into the pigs like Jesus said they could. And then the demons killed the pigs because they hated yeah. not being in a human body. But maybe I'm wrong about it. that's a big if, but it doesn't yeah. really say it doesn't say which one. Yeah. And so, um, so I, I do just I, says that they, uh, I do believe that they just says, said go is all Jesus said. So, yeah. I do believe that in one version of the Bible in in one book of the version of the Bible, it does say that they committed suicide. Like they, they killed themselves, but that could mean that Jesus commanded them to kill themselves. So you don't really know, I guess. Yeah. It, 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 there's, there's a lot of questions that, that are still there. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. So and um, it's significant that it's pigs too, because they're in a land that's outside of Israel. Um, and so it's, it's foreigners. They're hurting what are unclean animals right. to them. So one of the things you know. we, we said about the sons of God is that they may or may not be pretty powerful compared to regular angels and demons, like with the power to influence whole nations potentially sure. based on a few scriptures that we read, whether or not that is true or not is up for our, you know, uh, our better understanding after studying mm -hmm. for years and years. But um, one of the things I find interesting about that would be that Jesus himself has met more powerful demons. and was still able to overcome them. Yeah. Now, in a different, more interesting thing from Daniel that we read, I think it was uh, last time with the angels, was the idea that Michael had the power to fight some of these big boys. So Michael may, oh, yes. have, may have been a higher class of angel. Uh, so I think, personally, because they describe Michael as being maybe the only one that could have like fought off Satan, I believe, personally, that Satan couldn't even he wouldn't even raise a finger to Jesus. Right. Yeah. All he can try There's, and do is talk yeah, to him. Right. There's a lot of, I mean, I think the assumption of a lot, especially like the cultural Christian, you know, is going to be that, that Satan and Jesus are like equal somehow. Like no. I remember even like when I was in a youth group, sure. Like there were other kids that were like, yeah, Jesus and, and Satan are brothers. Right. And they're like the same thing. <laughs> like, According to Mormon yeah. tradition, that that's what the true, but, uh, but standard yeah. uh, gospel says, no, yeah. definitely, definitely yeah. not. Right. So there, it's not a, it's not a dualism, like mm -hmm. the dark side versus the light side of the force. Kind of thing. I mean, yeah. Jesus got to have a balance in the force. Jesus stomps him. <laughs> it's no contest at all. Right. Yes. Well, see, well, that's, but, but, but that's an, but that's an important point because, and that is talked about in revelations 12. That's right. So, it, um, yeah. It, and starting in verse seven, it says a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, the dragon and yeah. his angels. Once again, using that term fought back, but they were defeated and there was, uh, it was no longer any place for them in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down, the ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to earth and his angels were thrown down with him. See, now what's interesting is that people, like you said, used to put Jesus and Satan on the same kilter. But you have an angel that was able to defeat Satan. Yeah. And so if yeah, I'm really like, making a hierarchy, not even Christ, <laughs> if, if I'm making like a hierarchy of power level, <laughs> like in anime, I'm like, wait a minute, God versus uh, Satan. No contest. It's God wins. In yeah, that's right. <laughs> if we did power levels or whatever, I guess obviously God's going to be better than anything. And then I think that Jesus is basically as oh. powerful as God. Yeah. Yeah. Be, be, being, being, being part of the triune, being God. God. Yeah. Uh, but then you have like the hierarchy of angels and, uh, and demons or sons of God. That's what we've referred to them as the, the host council. 
And I believe that Satan may or may not have been a host. And we'll talk about that maybe on our next episode. Uh, but Michael is like more than capable of taking him down. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. got to think if they're both hosts, Michael wins that. So then if Jesus is like that much more powerful than any one angel, and there's again, no way to do yeah. that. <laughs> again, we can only speculate on like whether there are hierarchies of angel right, exactly. versus demon. I'm um, just saying based on but, w- what discussion we had before, if, if those things are true. But it does seem like there's some uh, power levels in these uh, ancient spiritual battles. I mean, <laughs> oh, if, yes. if we believe Daniel's vision about Michael and, and his fight with the dragon, a.k.a. Yeah. Uh, Satan. Um, so so here's here's another like just kind of sum up of uh, some of the things we've gotten to, because I put a little notes here about purpose slash goal of a demon. And mm-hmm. so one of the things they like to do is like hurt people. I hurt myself. Blind them. (laughs) (laughs) And what's interesting about the idea that demons hurt and blind people is that when Jesus comes, it's almost as if it's for God's glory that they're like infirm in the first place. Oh yeah. Well, Jesus actually mentions that several times in scripture. The disciples asked him who sinned? What, I mean, what, why does the man inflict it? You know, what did he sin or did his parents sin? Like neither one. He's this way so that God's glory can shine through him. There you go. And then he heals them. And so, there's a there's a constant goal, and we'll, we're going to talk about it. Bob's going to lead us through uh, Satan next time, but uh, this idea of deception, mm-hmm. because um, if we understand the goal of a demon, based on all the scriptures we've we've read, one of the things we know that they like to do mm-hmm. is they like to force people to not believe in God or to believe in something else or to be so hurt that they can't believe in God. But most of the time the infirmity makes them cry out to God, which then a lot of times through faith saves them. And it's very yeah. interesting. The fallacy of a argument that a demon would make like, oh, I'm going to stop you from, from, from doing anything. You leper, you're going to die. And then Jesus is like, Oh, hey, there's a guy with leprosy, and the leprosy guy goes, please, yeah. I know you have the power to heal me. Well, it's just like um, Joseph says in um, in Genesis 50, or right. at the end of Genesis, he goes, um, what, what you have intended for evil, God has intended for good. Yeah, no, see, yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly right. I think I think God's glory shines the brightest, like, what, what is it, um, what is it James says, uh, uh, consider it joy when we face trials of many kinds yeah. because the, the great mm-hmm. endurance. Um, so James I'm just one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, I love James. So uh, I'm going to read revelation uh, 12, starting at verse one this time, instead of seven, uh, basically talking about this idea of the lesser class of fallen gods. If that is in, in fact what it is. So in revelation 12, verse one, it says a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed in the sun with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out, in pain and was uh, about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail whip swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman. Uh, Was he a red creature? (laughs) (laughs) And so um, (laughs) she gave birth to a male. He who will rule the nations with an iron scepter and her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a metaphor for the dragon being Satan. Yep. The child the, being 
Christ, I guess. Yep, yep. And the woman with the 12 stars is the 12 tribes of Israel, God's chosen people. So one of the things that he already talked about were dragging in his angels, right? Sure. And earlier in the Sons of God episode, we talked about how there were a council. And at one point, Satan and his angels show up. And Job. So, Job, yeah. so we've I've kind of debated on this idea that like demons follow Satan's lead. But I think that there is a reason why this, why a lot of movies and scriptures actually give us the idea that Satan was the father or the, like the Lord of lies and all of that stuff. I think that uh, either it's allegorical or if it's legitimate, but this idea of rebellion that then was followed by everyone who rebelled as well and united under a banner of rebellion now, now let, let, let me let me let me back up just a second because I because 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 this is definitely where the 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 Christian mythos of you know I third the angels right and rebelled yeah. against God yeah. it comes from this passage here um, and what we do know is is that is that the dragon who was later you know a couple of verses later def- there in chapter twelve of Revelation defined right. as Satan you know he, he does sweep a third of the stars out of the sky and he and they are flung to earth but. There's a lot of assumptions there that those third of stars are, that have been flung are in fact demons, right? Um, or or fallen angels, angels, fall, yes. angels that fall. Yeah. yeah. The, the, that, the the issue the issue I take is that is, is that that is not made explicitly clear. That's not. You're right. It is. Yeah. Uh, it is very storytelling language. Yes, and so I, I always find that to be troubling. It, yeah, it is storytelling. Yeah. It's, it's allegorical. And so, what is the third of the stars that flung yeah. to the earth? Was it in fact a massive meteor shower that came that comes flying down to earth as a result of this of this battle that's taking place in heaven? Or, or or is it or is it more of the yeah. uh, was, Satan, was, uh, Satan pulling yeah. out the third of the of, of the angels yeah. to follow his lead? It wasn't uncommon to think of stars as spiritual beings. You gotcha, know? gotcha. Um, okay, but what I will say, what I find interesting is, um, I think a lot of people have assumed that like this was this ancient battle that happened like before Genesis, you know, like before humans were around or something like that. There's like this thing called the gap theory that like, Oh yeah. God, yeah. Cr- God created the universe. And then there was the heavens and then the heavens had this war and then that happened. And then God created the garden of Eden and stuff. But actually, um, I think it's really telling that it, you know, talks about the woman giving birth. Right. And so it almost kind of points to like, this happened when Jesus came. Mm, so yeah. that's when, like there may have been rebellion beforehand because we saw in Genesis six that some of the sons of God came down and they sinned against God. Um, but the defeat and all the, um, the conclusion to the war doesn't happen until Jesus is on the scene. Um, so it's very interesting. Like to talk about like, Oh, when did Satan actually fall? Um, all that stuff. And that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the things that uh, I want to bring up just before we finish out here is that Zach has talked about, well, we all talked about the sons of God in the first episode of the series, Mm -hmm. which to to me kind of makes sense because it was maybe the highest hierarchy of this type of spiritual being. They're like the, the guys that are sitting around, they're like God's like cabinet, you know? So if, if those type of angel or whatever you want to call them. If all of that is true based on the scripture and those type were to fall rebel, Mm -hmm. you would have a different class of spiritual being that is strong enough to maybe uh, uh, offer some kind of influence over many people. If that is 
if we believe also what it says about the princes of Persia and the princes of Greece and the Daniel vision and all of that other stuff. And so what we get to a lot of times is uh, what I think we're talking about with angels and demons is basically like the worker bee versions, maybe of maybe yeah. some of the things we talked about earlier, if sure. that is what we're talking about. Now, again, it's not definitive. We're just having a discussion. You should check it out in the scriptures that we've listed. Absolutely. But if those have an aspect of decept deceiving and influencing and getting people to turn away from God and worship them, then we have to infer that if the demons are following the lead of Satan and others, that they also have a spirit of deception, rebellion and infirmity because they want to follow that spirit of anti-God. Yes. So which we will talk about more next time and get into what that spirit of anti-God looks like. So the last couple of conclusions I maybe could make based on what we've read is that a demon can possess you and multiple can. They know, acknowledge God, Jesus. uh, And later there's a scripture where they talk about how they know and acknowledge Paul as well. Yeah. I think it's an axe. They say like, oh, uh, Acts 19. They're like, we know Paul, we know Jesus, but who, who are, are you? You, <laughs> you can't do nothing. <laughs> so, so, um, I think that, that final scripture at least acknowledges the idea that if yeah. you, if you pray, if you pray in the name of Jesus, yeah. there is things that can happen, but it's that they acknowledge the idea of Jesus's authority, God's authority. And anybody who, prays or lives their life in the name of Jesus. That's right. mm-hmm. So we know that in much. They're very knowledgeable and they are afraid of the authority yeah. of God and Jesus. <laughs> uh, they also may or may not be uh, combined in this overall thought process of rebellion, deception, harm for the detriment of the kingdom. Yep. Uh, and why it's all they can do is just, <laughs> just mess with it. Why? I mean, yeah. that's that, that I don't think we'll ever really even get close to answering is like the true, like why behind that, except N- not in this world, except for pride. Maybe that might be a closer yes. idea or, to start with, but if, 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 or, or it could be that, uh, that, self, that annihilationism mentality of if I'm sure. going down, then you're coming down. I'm going to take sure. as many of you down with me as I can make it, make God untrue somehow. Well, oh, if, 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 I mean, we are, we are a prized creation of God. He wants a, a love and relationship with us. And if, it, if they're going to go down, then they're going to take, do as much harm to God as it's possible. The only way they can hurt but, him. Yeah. Yes. is by taking us down. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so very cool. gloomy way to end the episode. But of course, but, demons are a gloomy subject. <laughs> but, but but here's the thing. I didn't see anything about wings or red skin or goats. That's or, very true. Well, I mean, there are there are a few calf and goat idol type things sure, throughout okay. the Bible. That's true. That's like very ball true. and things like that. But they or they may or may not be one of the hierarchies or not or a fictitious version of a demon and it might and not even really look like that it might just right. be the idol like that's made right but not even so much mm. as a pitchfork man i know seriously right um so <laughs> uh we thank you so much for listening in we thank you for sticking with us uh we are having lots of fun just like really digging through scriptures that we normally don't read a lot i mean mm-hmm. obviously there are some that we read a lot like the gospels but i'm talking about the specific look at these spiritual yeah. demons has been a lot of fun. So thank you for sticking with us. Um, please check us out Ooh. on Patreon, all the places you find your podcasts, and we will see you next time. Yeah, buddy. 